Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Are you looking for relentless performance for your firearms? If so, Riptide Armory is the ultimate destination for superior gun cleaning and protection. Riptide Armory offers American-made, innovative products out of Arvada, Colorado. Whether it's the delicate finish of a collectible or the rugged exterior of a tactical weapon, you can clean without risk of damage. Visit RiptideArmory.com and discover the difference true quality can make for your firearms. Riptide Armory, a veteran-founded business. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. He's got me looking for a dance floor. Grab a daddy in your bonfire Friday. I come in here, break a crush, make a sugar shake it. After legging, everything is going my way. I got What's happening, my woods people? We're in the truck again. We always in this truck. Man, I'm glad that we are headed north, starting to warm up, and we're uh, our spirits are on fire Ooh. right now. Ha, yep. KC, where are we headed, man? We are headed to southern Kansas, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Northern, New- northern Oklahoma, somewhere <laughs> in that area. Somewhere. We're going turkey hunting. We're chasing a new subspecies. That's right, man. Like, Something new for us. Neither one of us, right? Have yeah, ever... we didn't know this until just a minute ago. Yeah. I've actually hunted uh, eastern turkeys. Okay. But it was like one of those situations where I hiked with my shotgun a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I didn't ever feel like it was a true hunt. You know, <laughs> like I never saw birds, never like felt like. And I was a kid too, so it yeah. was eh, not, well, a, not a big deal. But this we have high hopes for. Yeah, this is and this is my first, first uh, try at the easterns as far as I can remember. So pretty pretty excited we're um we got the invite to come up and do a little bit of this and uh on a place that should have some birds we might have to work for a little more than we did in texas on our spot uh a few i don't weeks know ago. if i'm ready for that i very much like the lazy lazy <laughs> approach <laughs> we were like man we might not ever hunt public land again i know but uh i'm sure we will actually yeah. i know we will i know that we will yeah yeah um should we Shall we? Mm, mm, we just might. We just might shall. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to say something before I forget it. Okay. I saw a sign back there uh, at that car dealership that said, um, oil changes 50% off every day. <laughs> That's good to know. So, That's good to know. Is it really 50% off? 
I mean, if that's every day, then that's then not. It's that's, that's just the cost the of an oil change. That's the price. Right? <laughs> yes. That's Anyways, the cost. yeah. So, yeah. Um, you were alluding to the fact that we are going to hunt public land again, yeah. right? Yeah. Because some states, public land is better than others. Some yeah. states even make you draw tags to hunt their public land because so many people want to hunt. So it. many people want to hunt. Some states have very difficult odds for certain parts of their public land and some states don't make you acquire preference or bonus points yeah so for 45 years for 45 years (laughs) for our generation if you're a listener who does put in for preference or bonus points or for the draws around the country you know that i'm referring to one of two states right now and it is the more southern state the state of new mexico Uh, uh, has decided uh, uh, to uh, uh. Allocate <laughs> Come on with a, a tag to Casey Smith oh this year. Oh my gosh! And we're not just talking about a desert drag of a of a oh. unit, man. We're talking about like for real. Have you ever heard of the Gila? Oh, I have, I have, dude. Uh, I have. Guys, I drew a 16B Gila Wilderness September second late, archery second archery hunt. So that's talking September 15th to the 24th in the Healy unit. Limited entry. Uh, tag I'm of one, of, one of 150 people total that get this tag, That I think. includes residents, right? That includes the 84% residents, 10% guided, and then the lowly 6% that I was in for non-resident, non-guided. I don't know how many of us there are. If I did a little quick math, I would think there's somewhere around two or three of us, or maybe so, maybe maybe five or six. I don't I was know. I'm thinking ten. It's not that many. Um, so yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. There's not that many <laughs> of us, right? Yeah. And uh, and we got this information about a week ago, and um, it was at first it was like disbelief. I uh, called my wife and Tyler and told them what I thought was happening. Um, and got a little bit emotional, a little bit queasy, and then uh, called New Mexico Game and Fish to confirm just because when something that great happens to you, you, you always assume it's a mistake. Uh, you know, and it's not a mistake. No. It's happening. Oh, my gosh, it's happening. Dude. So, I could not believe it. I, I, you couldn't believe it, dude. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I was like, I, I, dude, I'm going to be honest. I feel bad that, like, um, I just assumed that you were going to just go on the hunt with me and give up that. But I think you and I had kind of talked about, like, if somebody draws the Gila, like, or anything in New Mexico, really, like, it doesn't matter. The other guy's going to be cameraman, and, like, we're going to be stoked to go on the trip. And yeah. that's kind of the cool thing about the way our, our relationship works anyways is, like, we're both going on this hunt, you know. And, yeah. and, and no matter if I'm the, the, the shooter or the cameraman or whatever, like, it's going to be a freaking blast and i cannot wait dude i've been i've been the cameraman on a lot of hunts in the last few years yeah. um not not just talking about you but like obviously obviously british columbia yeah twice i got to you know i, I basically do a sheep hunt but i don't get to pull the trigger and neither did the guy when i was on the trip <laughs> the, the guy that was hunting but uh you know it, it's um it's a good experience and i i don't know why but i haven't been that like disappointed about like man I just want to draw one and get and be the guy on camera, or you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. the guy on camera, but be the guy hunting, you know. And yeah. I, I do, but I haven't been that disappointed or had that mindset at all. And I think a, a part of me is just like, um, th- you know, this is this is um, kind of paying my dues. Maybe what I told you earlier, you know, mm-hmm. just like I'm I'm learning 
uh, learning without having to spend six or eight hundred bucks on a tag, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Or in the case of sheep, maybe thirty or forty grand, you know. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool to to learn that kind of stuff, and I got so much backcountry experience by going and filming that sheep hunt those two years, and hopefully that'll come in. And it, I think it helped us in the Black Canyon, you yeah. know. And then hopefully uh, it'll you, help at us. Least. I still carried way too much junk. <laughs> you still had five gallons of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I just think it, it definitely is a help to me, and hopefully to you too as well. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I uh, and it was same thing like on, on public with deer. You know, I feel like I've had to pay my deer my dues there and, and uh, followed you around the first year, which wasn't a whole year, but followed you around out there with a camera and. And I just don't look at it. Uh, I don't know. I try not to look at it in a selfish way, really. Yeah. And and I still get something out of it. So yeah, if sure. you were to I look think at it, that I way. think it's a great way to approach things too. Like, for instance, I took my first Midwestern whitetail trip with you, um, and we killed nameless, right? Yeah, and yeah. I was a cameraman, didn't have a tag, and it was the time of my life. It was right? so much. It's so fun. much fun. So cool. Such a good hunt, and I learned a ton about. I mean, it's just a lot different than what I'm, I grew up doing, right? And I think it's good to kind of approach things that way. Like, if if you don't uh, have a ton of experience that way and you have the opportunity to go on a hunt like that, it's it's pretty valuable. Yeah, you know, for sure, man. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit of advice I could give to somebody who's, like, kind of wants to get into that Western game but, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of money and wouldn't want to waste a 1000 bucks going yeah. on an elk hunt. Well, Tell somebody you'll go video for them if you can hop a ride with them and share a tent with them, you know, or yeah. whatever. And yeah. uh, that's a good way to get, to get sure. your... Well, neither of us have a ton of experience with a unit like this, man. No. I, um, we've talked a lot on this podcast. And, and guys, just so you know, you miss out on the best parts because uh, the podcast is just the small little sliver of what Tyler and I's conversations are. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, oh, we need to get the headphones out yeah. <laughs> and record. Yeah. But um, anyways, we've been talking a lot about like what this unit means, what it's all about. And honestly, like when I first started elk hunting and like being interested in elk, I'd read magazine articles or watch like a uh, hunt on TV and they'd be talking about the Gila. And I didn't really even understand what it was. I just knew it was like a place that you could go to, and there's giant elk there. And it didn't make any sense to me at the time because it was, like, dry and deserty, but there's huge elk. And mm-hmm. I'm like, aren't those supposed to be in the mountains? You know, but, <laughs> yeah. but what you figure out is, like, the mountains are, are not just aspens and, and really high peaks. But uh, anyways, it's just, like, it has so much mystique to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like um, I'm sure there aren't great places to hunt in Iowa, but there's a lot of places that are great, and, like, it has a lot of hype, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, so there's just this certain feeling you get when you get to go hunt places like this that oh, are yeah. storied, right? It's like Stuttgart, Arkansas. Yeah. How many places are there besides Stuttgart that's good to duck hunt? There, in Louisiana, the whole state. The whole state, right? <laughs> but something about Stuttgart, it's like, that's, that's like, the place. Yeah. It's the, what people talk about, yeah. right? And that's kind of what the Healy is, man. And whenever... Whenever you your name is called and there's a green tag beside ooh, that unit, ooh, on, on, whenever you get your ooh, email, I don't know like, what that is like. But golly, ooh. dude, it was it was <laughs> it was like, oh no, I didn't tell the sto- I need to tell the story. Okay, so they send out this email, and it's a week early before we're supposed to get our draw results. Tyler already said he thought it would be early, but I was like, I don't know. I said the twenty fourth. Well, it was a week <laughs> early. He was right. Um, and they don't send out the information to what unit you drew. They give you the hunt code. Well, I don't have a New Mexico 
book, right? I don't have the book of all the different codes and stuff. So it just tells me I drew, it does tell me I drew my first choice. And I knew what I marked as my first choice, but there's always this doubt that creeps in. Did I do it wrong, right? Well, I'm thinking I drew like some Eastern New Mexico dust unit, you know, like there ain't no elk there. Well, um, I'm trying to figure out the hunt code. And all of New Mexico's website has crashed completely because everyone is doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And it takes me like 15 minutes to confirm that, yes, in fact, I did draw this thing. And it was just, uh, quite honestly, w- one of the most interesting feelings I've ever felt. Yeah. And uh, me and my wife laughed about it a little bit. And she was uh, slightly perturbed, but not too much, that uh, I cried more about the elk hunt than I did <laughs> on our wedding day. And I said, well, Cassie, here's the deal. Like, I've been preparing for you yeah, my whole life. it kind of hits you at yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. And I knew the wedding day was coming, right? Like, yeah. like, I just was, by the time it got here, I was ready to get it over with. I had no idea this was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh, my gosh. And, well, we were talking to uh, our buddy earlier on the phone, actually. His name's Stephen Spurlock. He was on the podcast a little while back, uh, I think in the 30s somewhere, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling Stephen... I said, man, like, this is a huge blessing because I'm 30 years old and I get to go on this extremely physical, extremely awesome elk hunt. Like, what an opportunity. Because I always thought that I'd be like 50 before I'd ever get to go on any kind of hunt like this because it takes points to draw them and you got to accrue all these points. Mm-hmm. And um, not that, like, you aren't capable at 50 years old, but you aren't 30 when you're 50. Oh, yeah, right? for and, sure. And I just have such a blessing to like have my body not in like peak physical performance right but like i'm i'm still in really good health and i'm pretty young and feel good Mm -hmm. so i it's like such a blessing to be able to go on this trip at this age man it's gonna be freaking awesome yeah dude i'm uh i'm excited too because like i i uh i've been putting in there in new mexico for a long time and uh you know if you've listened to the podcast you knew i drew a pretty pretty awesome hunt probably not quite the same hunt uh, as this is going to be especially <clears throat> especially considering uh how much better of an elk hunter you are or even i am than i was at that time yeah. probably um so but yeah I, i've been putting in for a long time i haven't have never drawn anything there and i've put in for some like middle of the road units too as, as like second choice and stuff and yeah you did that this year yeah i mean right? and and you didn't draw any of them which which uh, worked out good for yeah. us that way we can both be there on the hunt i hadn't checked mine after you told me and so like i'm sure you were in the same boat as me secretively but i pretty much didn't want to draw at that point you know what i mean i was like i uh if i draw this is going to really put us in a bind i was uh, putting it in a very like a uh, practical yeah uh compartment in my mind i'm like okay if tyler doesn't draw it's going to be great if he does draw here's what we're going to have to do <laughs> yeah. we're going to have to find a couple camera guys to go with each other yeah exactly and it's going to be sick but uh not quite I as think, fun probably yeah i think it's going to be <laughs> a ton of fun the way we're doing it and yeah. uh, but with that fun with all this elation and all of this hype that's going into this hunt with uh you know just storied ground hauled ground right like speaking of that what what what, okay so you made that point earlier but the storied (laughs) ground thing i i know exactly what you're talking about because when i was well when i was nine uh was when i killed my first deer Uh and um for the for a few years there um the first deer i I killed was um about 30 miles from the border of mexico you know south texas yeah Yeah. um down in it's got a it's got a web county ensenal texas yeah i think this web county um you know like golly dude 
the Los Cazadores Big Buck Contest was like Ooh. the first big giant buck, big buck contest down there, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, all you ever heard was about these just lonely big ranches with tons of deer on them and big, you know, muy grandes. And so it was just, it was when you when I went down there, especially at like nine and ten years old. Oh my goodness, dude! It was like we're going to the best place on the planet and i've never even killed a deer oh, you know? and it's, it's nine like, hours of hop drive oh yeah yeah spitballing uh, we were spitballing uh trying to hit other cars out the window <laughs> our dads were talking in the front you know good times well, you were in the truck with uh, one of the uh biggest knotheads that was ever a <laughs> well, teenager i don't know uh that the first trip well okay uh, there was a knothead in the in the truck with me, but it wasn't the one you're thinking about. Oh, wasn't? But I have been to South Texas with that knothead several <laughs> times, and uh, he actually texted me the other day, and uh, he sent me. I think he sent me. Um, maybe it was a Chop Suey by. Um, oh yeah. Oh, what's the band? A system of a Down. System of a Down. And he was like, he was like, he sent me the link to it. And he goes, bro, didn't we play this like on the air drums and guitar like nine hours straight one time on a hunting trip? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure we did. Like, I don't know how our dads didn't just strangle us. Uh, we were beating funny. on the seats and stuff. Oh, but my anyway, gosh. I just went on a huge tangent. But no, it's good, I, I do man. know what it's you're talking about. It's part of the hype, man. It's part of the fun, I man. know, dude. And just thinking about all... Like part of fun is looking forward to the fun, right? If oh, vacations yeah. just happen spare part. the moment. Yeah. Like I love the planning, right? Yes. Yes. But with that planning and doing this thing right, you and I've been talking about we've got a lot of um, changes, improvements, additions that we have to make mm-hmm. to either our elk <clears throat> system or just tactics in general. Um and just general knowledge that we have to accumulate. One of the big things I was talking to Stephen about earlier was like trophy potential. I've never had to worry about this in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like the concept of not shooting the first bull you see that's legal is going to be very strange <laughs> and probably um, it's probably going to hurt a little bit to uh-huh. let a bull go by. I've never done that, right? <laughs> Anytime I've ever seen an elk, I'm thinking about killing it. Oh, dude. And I know how I'm still going to be thinking about killing this one and not be able to do it, right? It's going to feel so weird, dude. Uh. It's going to, I don't know how to explain it, but I can kind of like feel it already just imagining letting like some big five go by or something you know yeah well like, don't, hey don't get me wrong dude like you and i've discussed a number and i'll go ahead and say it now and guys understand that everything about this hunt is up in the air right like nothing is concrete my number can change or whatever <clears throat> but i'm looking at trying to kill a 340 plus bull on this yeah. this trip right and yeah. to do that you gotta pass 280s i've yeah. never passed a two i never shot a 280 the biggest <laughs> bull i've ever shot is 265 or seven or something like that yeah gross okay yeah. so uh i mean this is just a different world okay but it is and, have, but why but why, okay so for the listener that may not know why 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 i put a number on it why are you there you know what i mean because you want to shoot an animal that's that special right right and, and you have the opportunity there yeah right? exactly so you unless it's just what you want to do it would be foolish to put in for that unit and not go down there for it. If you if you yep. want to kill small bulls and they make you happy, go to one of the units that's easier to draw that has a plethora of three, four, and five-year-old bulls. But yep. people go to the Gila to go in and hunt giant animals. Yep. And, and that's, that's what, what I about. want to do, man. I want to, put, I want to have an elk that's worthy to hang on the wall, be a centerpiece in my house, and tell every person this, that comes in the house the story of that bull. Oh, yeah. This and is then the be one able time. to show them the video of it. There you go, <laughs> dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't. Like I'm already thinking, of course, me 
and and also the fact that I don't have the tag. But like, I'm thinking about like, oh, what video camera equipment do we need? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about taking a satellite dish in there oh. just to like get all the audio. You know, I'm yeah. just like, oh, what what can I do? You know, and of course I'm gonna have to. You know, well, not of course for some people, I guess don't know, but we we end up probably going to do quite a bit of spiking out you know what i mean yeah. like we're not going to do a lot of truck camping yeah while we're there so yeah i'm going to have to be selective with with my camera gear and that kind of brings us to the point of being selective with all of our gear you know mm-hmm. and what do we have and what do we need to upgrade you know <laughs> well i've been uh at like the most basic of basic levels right i've been to the black canyon of the gunnison with 75 pounds of crap on my back yeah and i literally could have probably taken 15 or 20 pounds off of that <laughs> yeah and made it comfortably right yeah. so it's like um i really need to dial that down for a sure. lot for sure and that's going to be stuff that you and i have to work on probably together and try to coordinate um uh, a little bit better on what that's going to look like because i mean the idea is to get in there it's a wilderness wilderness unit i don't think we've said that yet. yeah 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 so you can't take a truck you can't take a four-wheeler you can you can't even take a bicycle but you can take a horse or your own feet mm-hmm. i don't have any horses i ain't gonna pay anybody to take me in there we're gonna do this diy style because that's how we do things mm-hmm. um so it's gonna take a lot of planning a lot of figuring out how to manage you know yep. five six seven eight miles back in where water, I wouldn't say is, uh, I wouldn't say is scarce, but a limited resource uh-huh. because it's just not like there's springs running out of every mountain, but there are quite a few rivers. So it's better than some areas. Yeah. But, so I think what you and I had talked about is we're going to run down a list of like our biggest needs and we're not going to restrict this to the elk hunt, right? This right. is kind of for the next hunting season. Yep. Uh, be a little bit broader than just just the gila hunt but just in general like our biggest needs or maybe improvements we need to make in our system for elk whitetail ducks even turkeys right We're oh, going turkey okay all right yeah, i'm a turkey hunter now dude i can tell you what we need and we probably should try to get it pretty soon if we're going to but what's that decoy Okay, oh my Mike Peeker. So <laughs> we have officially. Oh no, Wozer, taking care of the first need of the 2019 season. Actually, we've taken care of some needs earlier, but <laughs> as of now, we have one thirteen dollar and eighty eight cent Jake decoy. <laughs> it's got to be a winner. Oh, you know it. I'm gonna win the game with this one, baby. Dude, I'm um, hoping this thing gets shredded. I know, dude. It's foam. It's I foam, so like those spurs can stick in. That's the that's the idea. Firm, the spurs stick in, and then the turkeys stay Stuck, there. And then you just have shoot them. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> we are now back on the road, addressed that need, and we were talking about the other needs that we have for this upcoming elk trip, and then also whitetail season. So. Just kind of like hunting needs, things that we need to improve on. Tyler, I know you've been thinking a lot about this. Um, you've actually been texting me more about this than I've been texting you about this. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you're a gear guy, so like you know. You don't have to text me about maybe, it. Maybe. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm waning in that a touch. You think? Yeah. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I feel like, well, with the purchase of my property, I kind of laxed a little bit on like my gear knowledge that i kind of just am constantly geeking out about and i've been doing a little bit more of that property management kind of stuff mm-hmm. dang he almost got that jeep wowzer wowzer he forgot he's hauling a trailer anyways <laughs> uh yeah so 
I, I, yeah, I do still love gear, and you're probably right. Like, I do have some ideas on stuff, but you and I are both kind of up in the air on some things. But uh, I know you've been having some thoughts about backpacks and stuff. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, um, I want a good backpack, man, because um, for a lot of reasons, obviously, but like, I, my, so I don't know what we're going to do exactly, but I don't really have a great, um, like, big backpack to do the backcountry thing yeah neither of us do i mean we've got i've got like if we were gonna go like when we went to the black canyon my backpack did fine Mm -hmm. and um, but i mean like i feel like when you start hauling hundreds of pounds of meat around it just becomes a different story you know or or going in for a week long or whatever you know what i mean versus like a couple days in the in the black canyon Mm -hmm. so i i kind of think i just should get a different and those those aren't hunting adapted Right. Like one of the big things I've noticed the difference in like hunting backpacks and then like I don't know what you might call like a hiker. back backcountry be yeah, a hiker backpack is that hunting backpacks have pockets and gadgets and clips and buckles mm-hmm. and all this stuff on there and even like some of the more specialized ones still have like things that are specific for meat hauling meat and... yeah meat shelves and and things to like attach the skull and antlers to the top of the pack with and stuff like that you know it's really specific for for the need so which ones have you looked at that you liked um i haven't done a lot of researching on particular brands um but uh i did a little bit of research on the kafaru stuff um i looked at i've looked a little bit at stone glacier stuff um the mystery ranch has been around a while um and then obviously um you know sitka um has has a line of uh you know, backcountry bags or, or a bag, I guess. What's it called? The meat hauler or something? Uh, there, it's, it's called the, um, hmm, man, something hauler. Mountain, mountain hauler. hauler. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway. Not the double hauler, but the mountain hauler. Yeah, <laughs> the double hauler. Uh, so, anyway, that's um, kind of uh, the ones that I've been briefly looking at. And I just, I don't know, like, I feel like I live on YouTube, it seems like, sometimes. It's just like... You know, you can, I don't know, you can do the research and look through the websites and the and forums and talking to people and everything else, but like, you know, you can actually see the product in three dimension for, you know, kind of in a way on YouTube and that kind of thing and just see people putting it to use and you can just, I feel like get so much information when somebody's talking to you as opposed to having to read about it sometimes. And anyway, that's kind of, uh, kind of the packs i've been looking at i don't know really it's going to come down to like which one can i get probably the cheapest that'll be pretty much effective to do yeah. what i need to that's do, kind of you know? how we do most of our equipment like what's the cheapest best thing we can do yeah right? yeah i mean maybe one of these days when we're making millions of dollars just <laughs> hunting animals which is not something that actually happens you know <laughs> we'll uh we'll be able to do something different but i mean whenever you work hard for your money you got to make sure it, it goes the furthest right yeah for sure that's kind of where i'm at on that i mean um, I really like things that have a lot of pockets, a lot, a lot of bags mm-hmm. that have a lot of pockets. Like you said, I'm a pockety guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I like, I like to be able to just kind of store everything in its own pockets. And, um, and I like the, I, I do like the, the Sika had, Sika bag had some good straps on it for like the, the skull and antlers and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It looked like a cool system. I also like, which you had this on your, your, um, whatever that Alpine 20 or whatever it is, the bag that you got. Yeah. Um, 
I like how they they have the clips that have like hook on them that just slide onto the straps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like super quick attachment. And I don't know. I haven't done enough research on some of these other bags to do it. But I mean, honestly, like some of these other bags, when I look at the price tag, I immediately am like, I don't care to really research anything yeah. else on that bag because it's going to be eight hundred dollars. Man, you know, it's like some of these bags are the prices of rifles. Man, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, tell you the truth, man. And I understand it. I understand why they why they're pricey and that and that, that they have that value, but that you can't do it. I don't think. Um, I'm, I would rather carry two extra pounds than um, spend two hundred or two hundred fifty more yeah. extra dollars. You know. You know, so. and here's the thing with that though: is like, how many times can you do that though? Like, I'm with you on the two extra pounds thing. But if you do that with 17 pieces of, oh, yeah, of, of like equipment, that makes you know 21 extra pounds. 34 extra, yeah, yeah, whatever the math is, you know that that comes up to a lot of extra weight. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So you got to just kind of weigh that out and figure out what you can spend the money on. And like for me, um, I got to address sleeping situations because you have a pretty good backcountry sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Like all my sleeping bags are like the big old heavy roll up ones, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, I think that you can get a pretty lightweight bag, especially on like steep and cheap or something, for a decent price, and it's a good place to cut weight for a smaller amount of money. Yeah, you yeah. know, like it's you kind of got to weigh that out. Like, how much weight are you saving by spending this much dollar Same amount? Same thing. Yeah, that's you know? that's where I bought mine off of steep and cheap last year, and that's. Mm-hmm. That's where I was at, you know, and I ended up, I think, getting a women's bag. That's <laughs> and, right. that's, and that's kind of what you get sometimes when you're looking at a website like that. You don't exactly know, you know, what what uh, what you're going to get to a T. Yeah. But uh, it honestly, it's a women's bag, but it fits me okay. It's pretty snug. Yeah. Um, the know, length is good. It's just tight. The length is fine. I got extra long, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's a 15 degree bag, I think, which Ooh. is plenty for us there. You yeah. Know, in for most sure. places. Uh, um, most of the guys I've been looking at, because like I look up some stuff, and people talk about backcountry hunts or whatever. And early season backcountry hunts, they're talking about thirty-two degree bags, and I yeah. kind of, I'm going to kind of air to the, to the warmer side. Yeah, I'm looking for something that twenty-five to twenty range, you know, whatever I mean, it is. If you can get uncomfortable when you're sleeping, yeah. you can't. You're going to be uncomfortable the whole trip. Yeah, exactly. Just, man. I'm talking like when you're asleep or when you're awake too. Yeah. You know, like try you, and get some good daggum sleep. Yeah, and it makes you, you gotta get rested, hunter. dude. I feel like. And I understand why they're 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 wanting to cut weight, you know. But um, I don't know. It's it's a good web. It's a good bag that I got. It's, it's a it's a North Face mm-hmm. and good quality stuff. You know, the guy that I went sheep hunting with Heath, um, he was like, man, he was telling me he's he's kind of tried everything. It's it seems like a lot of times. And he was like, man, I've uh, you know I've got uh, what was he talking about? He was talking about uh, I think uh, windproof stuff. And he was like, man, I've tried all these brands that you've heard about. And he said, he, he's like, I put I put the uh, put my mouth up to the the fabric and I blow as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. And if I can feel it, it ain't windproof. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's like, the, really, the only one that I feel like is windproof is North Face. And I was like, hmm, makes sense. You know, I mean, yeah, pretty high quality stuff. Um, it's kind of neat how uh, high quality and mainstream cross right there. Yeah. Like North Face is like a popular thing that you see like sorority girls wearing right? yeah, you yeah. know or used to i don't really see sorority girls anymore but uh, back in the day at college at least <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe it's not popular anymore i don't know but it was <laughs> it used to be that's for sure yep. yeah so and like then you take kind of the opposite end of the spectrum like i don't know you start talking, looking at some of these tent manufacturers and stuff which is something else that we're gonna probably look into um it's stuff that you may or may not have ever even heard of you uh-huh. know like shelter stuff which 
for, for uh, interesting purposes here, uh, this is a good place where some of this cost share can be, be mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Like you and I have talked about this a good bit, like trying to uh, get a tent that's good for both of us because I would imagine like for a long time most of our backcountry experiences – uh, are going to be together, and even if they aren't, it's not like we're going to bo- both be doing backcountry stuff with our families at the, at the same, same time, time or yeah. something like that, right? So um, it's something good to kind of split the cost of if you can. Right. And it's looking like splitting the cost is going to be a good thing on one of those. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> I don't know. And, yeah. and I, we haven't really discussed much about it because we haven't made it to, to um, tents very far, but um, I really like the idea of having a stove in a backcountry tent, but mm. I honestly, I don't think that we're going to need that here right. or for a while even, yeah. to be honest. like That's kind of, and so and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that kind of like a thing for wet and cold Northwest kind of hunts? Yeah, most, yeah mostly? I think so. And I think that, you know, we might get there one of these days, and, yeah. but who knows how long that's going to be. And for the <clears> time <throat> being, like, why can't you run a regular tent and just crank up your cooking stove? And it's one of those deals where, well, carry an extra canister. It's an extra 1.5 pounds or mm. whatever, uh, and you've got heat there. And it's a it's a multitasker, right? Right, as opposed to a unitasker like a like a camp stove. It's all it's doing is doing heat. It's not can't cook on it or anything. So, yeah. I think that that's going to kind of be the better option for that. And uh-huh. as far as brands go, I mean, you've talked about Hillebergs a little bit, right? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard about them uh, um, through you know hunting media and. Anyway, I was, uh, same guy, you know, Heath was questioning him the other day. It's like, man, um, you know, we're going to have to probably get us a pretty lightweight tent. I told him our, our deal in Bozeman. <sighs> I lost my tent in the, if y'all listen to, I'm sure we talked about this, but yep. the uh, security let me on the airplane to head to Bozeman twice because we, we had to, to go to Salt Lake and to Bozeman, yeah. right? And then we're leaving Bozeman with the same tent. Like five carry days on. later, they had cha- they had literally changed the legislation while we were in Bozeman. Yeah, kind of lame, right? And they they were like, you can take your tent on, but you have to leave your tent stakes. Yeah. We're like, well, we didn't And we're murder. also a touch late, and we're, we're rolling with like the CEO of Costa at that point. I'm not like we're big shots, but we're hanging out or whatever Dave's uh, job is, yeah. right? And... Uh, He's like giving us like we shared a, a, a Uber to um, the, the airport. airport and stuff at like five thirty a.m. And we're like a touch late and no big deal. We're gonna make it, you know, or whatever. But uh, then all of a sudden they detain me and <laughs> I'm like trying to avoid the cavity search and all this, you know. I'm like, look, people, we didn't kill anybody with these tent stakes on the way here <laughs> no. on two different flights. Like we'll be all it's right. It's like you know I dealt with this the other day. Um, I was taking some kids to school in the morning and I was leaving the school and when I left the school the light wasn't flashing for the school zone well while I was in the school zone the school zone instated so no matter who you are for a short amount of time you're going to be breaking the law because you're speeding in a school zone (laughs) it's like where's the lenience at on this and I feel like (laughs) whenever my tent was taken I was in the lenient area where there should have been some lenience like hey you can leave this at the front of the airplane, pick it up on your way out, you know, that kind of thing. Right, yeah, but yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, oh, they're just, they don't use brains in no budging the TSA, there. I don't think, I don't uses think brains. I don't think so, man. Uh, they're, they're a brain-free organization. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, man. Anyway. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, so we, uh, anyway, I talked to Heath. Back to that. About, um, <laughs> 
about you know that story and i said we're gonna need a tent you know whatever and he he had bought a is it mammut is that how you say it i think so um that's how he calls it yeah but he's he's east texas so you say things differently in east texas (laughs) but uh anyway he said he had bought one he's like i thought i'd serve a few hundred dollars and i'm like literally laughing inside like you know why is this guy doing that a few hundred dollars if you're going on a stone sheep hunt you know um but anyway he he that's just the way he is and that's why he's got money you know but yeah um i'm that way i don't have money (laughs) okay well (laughs) my point is not made correctly um so anyway um, he said, I thought I'd say a few hundred bucks. And he said, when we got, uh, and I don't know if they were using it on this trip or what, but that, at some point he had bought that tent. And then he was like, we went on this trip and they, they, uh, backpack hunted, uh, 10 miles in. It was a 10 mile trip, Ooh. no horseback, nothing, you know, mm-hmm. by foot. So pretty, pretty epic trip and took a Hilleberg. And he said, man, it was like the bee's knees, man. He said it was, um, it was a two man or three man, one or the other. And he said, um, he and his son cash, um, got in and he said, they, it was, I mean, obviously high end stuff is going to be really well thought out. Right. Yeah. And he said, he was like bragging on how the fact it had two doors on each side so you could get in on each side, but it also had its own like awning or whatever on each side so you could store gear and you, you didn't have to worry about like all your crap getting mixed in with your buddies, you know, and like, Oh, can you move your boots off of my shirt because mm-hmm. they're getting it wet and muddy, you know, kind of thing. It's, yeah. you know, you're responsible for your stuff. And he, he liked it a lot. He's like, man, it was, it was the, the real deal. And he's like, I kind of wish I hadn't bought that mammoth, which is, he said is a really good tent. I'm like, well, you can give it to yeah, us. For you real, know, you for might real. have to uh, loan that one out, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, something we're going to, and I'm, I'm in the same boat with the sleeping situation. I'm going to have to address because, uh, I've got the sleeping bag, but uh, I just don't love my pad, uh, my sleeping pad. It's um, I'm kind of a side sleeper a mm-hmm. lot of times, and I, I really sleep anyway. But I end up on my side almost every night at some point, and and um, I can feel the ground through that pad for I sure. I think uh, honestly, yeah, I think you're right. But uh, just side sleeping in general in the backcountry or in a camping situation like that is just not going to be the most comfortable way of doing it. Yeah. But if you can find something that's going to at least help alleviate some of that pressure, yeah. you know, that you feel on your shoulder. And are you looking at one of those climates like I have? Is yeah. Is that kind of what you're it's thinking? It's just got a lot more padding, man. It does. Or, you know, just the air pockets are bigger. So it's, yeah. it's further off the ground. So I, I don't know. I'm looking at definitely probably that's like – that is definitely on the top of my list right now, but I haven't done a ton of sleeping pad research. I've been more looking at packs and yeah. quickly eliminating well, packs. Well, it's kind of nice to start at like, okay, what's the most expensive thing that I'm going to have to buy for this trip? Mm-hmm. And kind of, I already got my tag, right? So like after that, uh, what's next? Probably pack. Yeah. Uh, so kind of address that. And then it's like, okay, I can buy my pad like a month before season. Like we can put that off, mm-hmm. right? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and especially since... You've got one of those climates at your disposal to check out, make sure you like, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can kind of do that later. But yeah. uh, I don't know. For I think that's kind of like the biggies for this elk trip, at least. Yeah. Right? I feel and like I'm missing the, out. Well, I got to get arrows and stuff like that, but that's right. all. And I guess we could kind of go into that a little bit. Like, I'm going to change my arrow set up a touch this year. Are you? Yeah, just because those eastern axes, I busted a bunch of them. I'm down to four arrows, which I lost uh, one or two. But I think I busted like five of them, um, or six if you include like target practice and stuff. And it's just I've never broke that many airs in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's not like my airs are coming out all wonky and like hitting stuff and breaking because they're not flying straight. So I don't know. I, I <clears throat> there's probably not that much wrong with them. 
but just kind of more a lot of the things I do in archery uh, and hunting in general is just like uh, accumulating some confidence in your equipment mm-hmm. you know that way you just feel like okay it's a fail safe nothing's gonna nothing's gonna go wrong here except me so something I got to job. worry about yeah exactly whenever you don't have to worry about something uh, then like your mind is way more free to concentrate on the shot you know mm-hmm. and we've probably talked about that a lot through are you gonna change things. your uh, anything about about your arrows other than just like I mean, you know, like weight or anything like that? or um, Well, when I swap to a different arrow setup, like a different arrow completely, it's going to be a situation where i got to see what the weight comes out to anyways. Right. I do think I can afford another 30 grains uh, of weight before, or even more than that, really, before I start losing too much velocity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I might even look at um, shooting an elk arrow versus a whitetail arrow too. But mm-hmm. uh, um, I think... Well, one of the ideas with this hunt is that they're going to be close, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you would think that most of your shots are, like, 40 and in. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff you see on TV, uh, people are shooting them at, like, 15. Yeah, they're just um, getting run over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I think that, like, somewhere between that 470 and 500 grains, um, I probably will carry two different types of broadheads just because it's just kind of something I've started doing. I can't help. I just like having the... Um, the variance there, being able to do something different. And so I carry in your pack, you think, or in your quiver? Well, I'll probably have three of each. Well, I'll probably have three of one, two of the other, and one judo point of some sort because we're going to be mm. shooting some grouse, hopefully, to eat while we're in there. Um, but I'm also going to carry six arrows in my pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's probably not very many... Uh, like maybe one out of 1,000 times I take this trip that I go through all six arrows and need a seventh. But uh, if anything about this hunt, if it tells you anything, it's that uh, statistics show that somebody has to win or there has to be a one out of da-da-da-da, and I was that one for drawing the hunt, you know. So you don't want to be in that one situation where you're out of the six arrows. So probably going to put an arrow tube on my backpack and and bring those in, and mm-hmm. and maybe not take them with me every day, but stash them there, you yeah. know, whatever. Because we, co- our th- our talk, our idea has been to uh, kind of hike in a long ways, and then set up a, a kind of a spike camp or base camp, however you however you talk. I see, I don't know the terminology for this junk either, but set up a camp that's kind of home base, and then uh-huh. go out and then like, you know, just radiuses or radii out from there, yeah, uh, each day, yeah, but. Uh, that's yeah, and I, and man, the thing about this, <clears throat> these gear upgrades is like what we were talking about in the beginning, at least <clears throat> in the backpack, the tent, and all this backcountry stuff. Um, and I'm hoping to put I'm hoping to put that to use in the whitetail woods this year, maybe yeah. at least once. And if not, if not in the future for sure, I really have been. I know I've talked to you about this a lot, but really been the last like couple of years really wanting to do a backcountry whitetail hunt and it's hard to do um in a lot of in a lot of places a lot of states and because um you know like texas for instance um you know you can't camp on wmas a lot of times yeah. and stuff like that so you know whether or not you, you know, i could go in there and and uh, backpack in for a day or two and like be two miles in on some of these wmas but they won't let you camp on them you know so Mm -hmm. you have to come out every night and and same thing in a lot of a lot of areas same thing uh in some of the states that offer um you know any kind of like 
what you look at in Montana as being like BLM type lands that are private and leased by the state. Mm-hmm. You know, it's private property, so they don't want you camping on it. Yeah, you know, sure. a lot of times, uh, not BLM, but block management. Sorry, yeah, I knew what you um, meant. So that's you know that's kind of been the issue. So, so I'm trying to find some what BLM is, or something yeah. that I can actually camp on. You know, what's like something more whitetail specific that you'd need for the backcountry though? Um, well, if I was going to go, and if I end up doing it by myself, which there's a chance that I do one or two by myself this year, um, the Sterapin is something that I feel like, yeah. I mean, I could borrow well, yours, I'm sure, you, but, uh, like, if you're, you know, I guess I could do that probably in most cases, but um, I, I kind of want to have one for my vacation this year. Yeah. Um, just to have it with us when we go on that long vacation, and I know your vacation is going to be kind of overlapping with ours, so... Um, I definitely would need it in that case if I, if I, or need my own if I needed one. So, um, that's, that's something, you know, uh, more whitetail specific. Um, I really would, and this is another expensive endeavor, but like, I would really love to, um, fine tune a little bit more my, um, what I carry in and how, how much weight it is and how well it fits on my body. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, so for the most part, stand and sticks, right? Yeah. And, um. We, you know, I got the Muddy Pro Sticks last year, and overall, it's a pretty cool setup, man. I mean, uh, pr- really pretty portable and everything like that, but I think there are other options that I, I would like to explore um, that are a little more lightweight, and honestly, those stands are pretty lightweight that I have, that I use as running gun, the Muddy Vantage, mm-hmm. the old first gen, um, but they're still like 13 pounds or so, and they're making, you know, stands that are eight and a half pounds nowadays so i mean being able to cut that i just know uh the last day that we hunted on public this year in texas you remember that trip that we made up into that we were we were trying to find a spot for the afternoon was that the last day that was the last day we hunted terrible last day it was terrible dude and we just were and by the time we got out of there i've been carrying this these uh this stand around for like a couple of miles and and it just and then being you know cheap and everything else the the straps on the stand uh are not like sewn in anymore so they just slide stand slides all over your back and everything it's loud it's uncomfortable and so just trying to trying to upgrade that system in one way or another and there's a lot of good options that have come out this year um for lighter weight uh mobile whitetail hunters you know so yeah um, definitely searching through those options there on the whitetail side of things. You got anything whitetail wise that you've been looking at? We haven't hardly talked whitetail at all because we've been <laughs> kind of so hyped. juiced about this <laughs> elk thing. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm kind of along the lines with you there. I might not do the backcountry whitetail stuff, but I mean, every whitetail trip that we take on public land is is some type of hanging hunt usually. So something lighter, and for me, I've talked about this, and I just didn't have the funding to do it last year, just something less bulky in general because I've got a big platform on my running gun stand, and it's just kind of it's wider than my shoulders, so I get caught up in briars and brush and trees and stuff all the time when I'm trying to go back in. So I think I'd like to explore something smaller in that realm too, both in weight and just in general size. I know we talked a little bit about the sling stuff. Are you still entertaining that at all? I'd I'd love to. Yeah, Uh, I don't think I want that. I don't want to do the standard sling that's got this thing up in your business, up in your face, you Mm -hmm. know. But uh, I think that there's some stuff that's going to hit the market this year that's going to be pretty sick. Yeah. And uh, some of the stuff we saw at ATA and stuff that we're kind of excited about. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to explore that some because I I would like to do that, man, because, like, I don't know. 
some things get trendy because they're trendy, and some things get trendy because they work right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the latter of the yeah. two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the lighter of the two. Too. The <laughs> funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, it's yeah. something lighter. Like, and it would be so nice to not have to carry a big bulky stand on your back, man. So there's. I don't know. I, I wish I was a welder because I would probably just kind of make my own, you yeah. know. But then you kind of risk uh, not knowing strength of things and mm-hmm. being an idiot and falling out of a tree or whatever. But, um, yeah, kind of in that same boat. <laughs> I, another thing I'm kind of worried about a little bit are my boots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am I got some leather conditioner. I got Kaylee to get me some. And uh, I'm going to try to put that on them. And then I'm going to waterproof them as well and or put some beeswax or something on them, you know, and and uh, hope that that can re-waterproof them. But they I kind of let them get too far and didn't care for them. So is I that guess. a thing? Is that what it is? You didn't kind of fulfill your end of the Yeah, duties? I think so. I think with a leather boot, you're, you are kind of required to continue to yeah. beeswax them or mink oil them or whatever. What about you my do. suede ones? I don't know about all that. Yeah. So I don't. I would imagine you could throw beeswax on those. I just don't think they dry out like that, though. I don't know for sure. I need to. I need to do some research on that because you said they weren't really that waterproof anymore, right? Well, they're waterproof to an extent. It's just I think since day one, the tongue has kind of been a flaw. Mm -hmm. Like they're uh, when it, it came a big rainstorm this past year in Colorado, and rained for hours, and we hunted in it, and. Like, water just held on top of the boot in the tongue area, and in there, it soaked through. Yeah. So, and it's not like you step in water, and it's like, you know, it's not running in there. Right. But, yeah, I mean, they... they kind of how mine are, too. They kind of soak, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe I can put some type of treatment on that, because the tongue's synthetic. It's not leather. Maybe I can put yeah. some treatment on that and do something with it. And another thing that I kind of want, I really, um, I really like your... I think I call it Alpine 20, but your Flash 20, isn't yeah, that it? Yeah, That bag that you got, mm-hmm. um, I really, really like that kind of internal frame thing going yeah. on or whatever, just a light aluminum frame. And it's not even a, a whitetail backpack. It's a, I know. It's a, you know, an elk-style backpack or whatever, day pack. But it carries so much. It's great for whitetail stuff, man. And it's got all those buckles and straps to – I know. I can put a bow on it. I can put a stand on it. I can put more clothes. Camera. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I'm kind of in that boat where I think – I think that being able to strap that on, especially like when you start going, okay, well, I can strap two sticks on each side mm-hmm. as well. And so now all I'm carrying, you know, in my hand is my bow or whatever or yeah. vice versa. I mean, there was times when I'm having to carry so much stuff in my hands and it's, you know, 20 degrees and it's just freezing my hands to the metal that I'm holding on to. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be a big uh big benefit for me to get something like that um as opposed to what i've been running lately and i love my backpack that i have i love the pocket setup everything's works and it's where it needs to be but i think the alpine or the the flash 20 (laughs) that you use is really cool i'm gonna say that your pack looks uncomfortable to me i think it is i think it's gonna i think it's gonna change your world when you get another one it it doesn't have any frame or anything yeah it's uncomfortable it's just a big old bag yeah it's like uh one year I hauled meat out in a bag like that <laughs> and like whenever you take an elk quarter that has a bone in it you don't really need much of a frame or anything because it's the bone kind of holds it all together but mm-hmm. the boned out meat like the back straps and everything it just ends up in this big old blob of like yeah. 40 pound blob of meat dead weight 
and in those bags it was right down on the bottom like right there on the small of your bag and it's just pulling back on your shoulders yeah. the whole time oh it's terrible um now when we were elk hunting in 17 <clears throat> um Brennan and Matt had those Tenzing bags that would bags that would carry a whole quarter. Mm-hmm. Will yours yeah. do that? It'll carry a whole quarter. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you packed side. in eighteen with? Yes. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Packed, well, that and uh, my. I, well, we only did two bags. We got that elk out in uh, <clears throat> six loads. Uh, five and a half. My mom can carry like a half load, you know, which mm-hmm. is good for her. Um, she's a little lady, uh, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I used that mostly, and my dad used a Midway just, like, rucksack, or I don't know what you call it, like a Midway USA uh, tactical-style backpack that doesn't have a frame in it, but it's big. Yeah. And it actually is pretty good. It's got, you know, a chest strap and a waist strap, so. Yeah. uh, I don't know. My dad's kind of, he's he's half tough and and half... uh, old school to where yeah. he's like just throw it on there you know like <laughs> we talked a little bit about that the other day with like my our parents generations yeah. right yeah um they're 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 a different breed man yeah. but uh anyways that's that's cool i was just so surprised that you you could fit a whole quarter in that because like if just when you even when i got there to the to brennan's elk i was like there ain't no way that quarter's fitting in this bag right yeah here. And it does, you know. Yeah, Crazy. It does. well, they, you know, they expand. You take all those straps off, and it gets real big. Yeah, you know, so it's cool. that's a good thing. Think about man. that though. Like that bag is what I, I think uh, like a three thousand. Right? Yeah, I think that. And right, the bags yeah. that we're looking at taking in for the uh, elk trip are over double that size. Yeah. It's a big bag. Yeah, we got yeah. a bunch of stuff to put in there. It's gonna be a heavy bag. I'm uh uh, as as I kind of prepare physically for this thing, I've been thinking a lot about two things, and that's my legs, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, my back, which has uh, been a weak point of mine forever yeah. since I was born, I think. So <laughs> I just um, have always kind of had a weak back, especially since I heard it in football in college and didn't really do a whole lot of back exercise stuff after that because it felt like I slipped my disc every time I <laughs> every time I worked back stuff. So yeah. I need to uh, start light and work into that and tr- hopefully try to strengthen my back this summer. Yeah, I think um, uh, we talked about this. I have a goal of, like, the way I see it, the less I weigh, the less weight I have to pack up and down the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And the other day I weighed a straight-up 200 pounds, which I was very surprised that I weighed that much because I don't feel like I'm, I'm carrying around a whole bunch of extra fat, uh, but I'm still got a little bit of winter chunk that I'm, I'm cutting some, but uh, I've been running quite a bit, but uh, I kind of feel like I'm getting to where I'm filling out more into like getting older. So Mature bucks. So. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm worried that that I want to hit 180 before we go to the mountains, and I think I can do it, but it's <laughs> going to be hard. Did you I've eat those been. two cinnamon No, twists? that was you, though. Oh. Uh, Ty, I, we got to where, like, when we stopped for uh, um, a uh, fast food stop on these trips, Tyler eats my cinnamon twist for me. <laughs> so today, me. today was the same. You make but, me. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've been at, like uh, – 178 176 as an adult but that was uh nine eight nine years ago so i don't yep. know if it's still gonna gonna happen or not but yeah, you're probably about a three-year-old buck at that yeah, point that's it, you know just kind of like pencil necks but <laughs> still, still <laughs> starting to fill out but yeah, not quite there exactly but i think that's like the big thing for me is i just want to be as 
thin as possible. Not as possible, but you know what I'm saying. You know, yeah. like cut some some excess weight. That way, I'm I'm just carrying what Prime I have condition. to have. Exactly. And uh, I bought new running shoes the other day because I needed them real badly. And then also this Gila Hunt was like the thing that kind of pushed it over the top. And been running a good bit, so feeling good. Kind of yeah. like you, just need to build up the strength in my legs because doesn't matter who you are. If you're a flatlander and you head to the mountains for a hunt, there's going to be some type of a curve there because oh, yeah. you're not used to that, right? Yeah. But I think that, like, A, working on mental fortitude and, B, just getting in good shape as you can in flatland is going to help you get over that a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my plan. Yeah. I'm, I'm there, man. I'm, I'm going to start uh, lifting weights pretty quick here and uh, try to bust it on into the summer. I won't have uh, weights for, like, a month or more um on my vacation but i'll just have to find ways to do rock step ups and all kinds of stuff like pick that. pick up a rock and throw it dude yeah That's i think it. you can i think you can <laughs> you can definitely do that so i uh i'll be working on that kind of stuff uh man anything else uh you you're thinking about for this that's it dude i'm hyped fall? about this hunt thank you for being hyped about this hunt with me <laughs> can't uh, help it dude i can't, can't wait till 2020 we're gonna get you a bull and i'm gonna call you're talking about a bull fun. moose right yeah okay because <laughs> like uh, a year or so ago we were saying bull moose 2020 i don't think we can make it happen i don't think we're going to make uh, it happen but one of these days that that'll happen i hope um, man hope i'm not too old dude, i'm hyped yeah. and i'm hyped about this turkey hunt yeah me too i'm uh we're almost there i think we're gonna slide by some public and uh, take a look and see if we can find something it's uh, blown up like a bowling ball on the edge of the woods. Take a tour. <laughs> take a take a tour. <laughs> We're gonna kill a turkey. A turkey. <laughs> a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. If you are um, excited about turkeys as well, you can uh, check out our film, which. Uh, I think there are lots of you guys. I know how many people listen to this podcast, and there are lots that have not watched our film Hooked yet, which dropped recently on YouTube. Check it out. It's a cool story of KC's turkey hunt from earlier this year in Texas on opening weekend. So now we're back in Kansas and uh, coming off of a little fishing trip where apparently everybody that listens to us knows exactly where that fishing trip was because <laughs> they all wanted to stay hey. everybody wants to everybody wants to be in the no man like right. oh i know where that is it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a pretty public place yeah, it's okay though it's a pretty, pretty if you know where it's at go fish and uh tag us in pictures well we're coming in here to a town that uh buddy uh i got some friends that play music up here right and yeah. uh uh, their drummer lives oh, in this town. They're going to be mad that you didn't call him. He lives in this town. And then the rest of them, all the brothers, live up in another town north of here just a little bit. So, anyway, uh, yeah, go check that out. Go check out our fishing foot video. It's like two minutes. It's uh, pretty cool, man. It's Casey slamming some stripers, and I caught a cow, uh, which is weird. <laughs> but uh, caught one of those. It was pretty fun. Two minutes. It's worth the watch. And then we will catch y'all next week with a podcast that we are really excited about that we're doing here pretty pretty uh, quickly. Uh, we've got two guests lined up that are really going to be a lot of fun to talk to and some pretty insightful things. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, you got anything else? That's it. Leave All us right. a review. Love us. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to get off the podcast now. So God bless you guys. <laughs> Love you. And remember, this is your element. Living it. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide Armory's products are military and professionally formulated and approved 
featuring a groundbreaking graphene-infused ceramic coating that is safe for all surfaces, providing unmatched protection for any firearm. Discover a new standard in gun maintenance. Order your advanced cleaning kits today at RiptideArmory.com. Riptide Armory, relentless performance for your firearms. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. 